Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. John Massengill, we're sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas, and I have Jonathan Green on my left and Les Kaiser on my right. Howdy. Bob Varsha is not going to be able to join us for the post-race show. It makes me sad, but we will have Chris Medland going to be joining us from Austria here in just a moment. Jonathan, what did you think of this race? I'll start with you. What do we do with a problem like Verstappen? <laughs> That's from the hills are alive. The hills are alive. Uh, you get you get Leclerc out there. Uh, yeah. Great. I mean, Ferrari haven't won this race in almost twenty years. Two thousand and three, Michael Schumacher. Wow. Um, it's a long, long time. Um, so nice, nice bit of footnote for me. Nice poetic footnote that Michael won it in two thousand and three, and his son uh, has now just put in a, his best ever performance to sixth place. But. Um, yeah, I mean, fair and square. Ferrari were the quickest. Had it not been for that engine failure, I wrote in my notes, is this a definitive turning point for Ferrari in the season? They were the quickest car this weekend. Yeah, and it yep. really it would have been a lot better had that fire not happened for Carlos Sainz, which was actually a pretty scary-looking fire, wasn't it, Les? Yeah, it really was. And, you know, the... You know, part of it that was scary was that the car was kept rolling backwards every time signs started to get out of it, and they had and uh, one of the marshals got a wheel chalk and put it out there. But no, scarier than that was it's six it's six bucks a gallon, guys. <laughs> Somehow it's I bet that down. feels more than that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm betting that's more than six bucks. They didn't get it. At, yeah, can't get that at your corner shell station. No, but um, no, all in all, and what a day for Mercedes, third and fourth. Yeah. And what a day for the Haas team. Yes! Consecutive double points for Haas. And Mick Schumacher finishing sixth. And, really good. And carrying that aggressive mm-hmm. aggression that he got from being slighted in the sprint race. Hey, whatever it takes. I love yeah. it. He's, like I said, he's channeling his inner Michael. Yeah. Uh, he, he is the chip off the old block. Yeah, no doubt. And it was, man, we got to wait for the constructor standings to update here in a minute. Yeah. But, I haven't done that math yet, but that, uh, that was... Hass is, Hass is now uh, breathing down the back of Alfa Tories, if yeah. my correct, uh, calculations are correct. 
Yeah, and uh, let me see. Let me get the uh, – so let me just run down the, the order here. So Leclerc wins, followed by Verstappen, 1.5 seconds back. He brought that gap down. Then Hamilton on the podium, great for Mercedes. Then George Russell – and then Esteban Ocon, who I think sat in fifth place for the entire Ty race, Rice. <laughs> quietly. Then Mick Schumacher, like we said, in sixth. Lando Norris in seventh, followed by Kevin Magnuson and Daniel Ricciardo. He needed a good finish, mm-hmm. uh, so, which is, which is good. In, in some points, that's right. Then Alonso, who started at the back, finished in the points. That's awesome. Hey, uh, F1 just tweeted, uh, Schumacher is your Salesforce driver of the day after the nice. highest ever finish. Nice. Nice. That is worth it. That's a first for him, too. Yes, absolutely. Right. Then Botas in 11th, Albon in 12th, Stroll in 13th, uh, Joe Guan Yu in 14th, Pierre Gasly, Sonoda, Vettel, and then didn't finish, of course, Carlos Sainz with a huge fire with that car rolling backwards while it was under on fire. Then Latifi and Perez. Perez, of course, having damage early on in the race uh, from Russell, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that that fire was crazy because it was huge. Was the thing? It was such a so dramatic. It wasn't a Grosjean esque fire, but it was a big fire, and the car was rolling backwards while this was happening. But uh, signs got out quickly. Yeah, you know, I'm sure at some point, you know, all the oil and everything was is really what ignited everything to hit the hot surfaces. They're usually not on, and you know, I suspect that's where it all started because there was an engine failure. We saw the magic blue smoke come mm. out right before all of that happened oh i did i did not see that yeah i, yeah. I, missed that. I was taking notes but yeah I, that was after a long long straight pull with drs wide open as he was trying to get around yep. um uh, i can't remember who it was but anyway yeah. it was it was a long long straight and so yep. the engine was at full bore you know yeah. a little tiny squirt of fluid onto an exhaust manifold or something and yeah you're, you're done so never good with the blue smoke yeah Never good blue smoke, followed by uh, yellow, red, and orange flames. Right. Uh, that is fantastic news about Schumacher's driver of the day. Isn't that? Yeah, that's great. Really nice. That is really awesome. good. He deserves it, too. That was a good drive. I, I, he is coming of age right in front of us. I'm really seeing it. Uh, you know, and I think, uh, like I said this right at the beginning of the season, Magnuson, the perfect foil for a young guy like that mm. um, with so much experience and still uh, under 30 himself, uh, you know, with a lot of time in Formula One to go. Um, and, uh, you know, our caller the, on the pre-show was asking what's the future. Well, uh, you know, I think Haas can, can stay as is for now um, and, and get make up to, to being one of the most sought-after drivers in Formula One if he keeps this up. Yeah, no doubt. And there's going to be a bigger problem with all that. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going to happen with him? Well, Alfa Tori's the obvious place, but both those drivers are driving well. Um, Dixon on YouTube says, Logan Sargent, now has back-to-back F2 feature race wins. Apparently, that's official. Nice. And Oh, he uh, does get the win. Uh, well, according to Dixon Smith, we'll quote him and see. We'll have to check that out. But he's now second in the championship. That is fantastic. Wow. You know, Dick, really Dixon's impressive. commented before, and he's pretty reliable. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm going to cast a vote. Uh, yes. <laughs> hey, we got guys, if you're listening, we have a potential. Mick Schumacher won Formula 2, and look where he is. So, there you go. Guys. Pay attention. Well, I mean, Logan Sargent. Sargent, Sargent's, he's got it. You know, he's got, he's on the right path with the Williams Driver Academy. Yep. So, uh, that, this and is they're a- going forward. Look what they did to that car this weekend. The Dalton Capital is really putting some capital into that car. Uh, and they're moving forward. No longer the, uh, you know, I mean, look at Hassan Williams' uh, season this year compared to the last two. Yeah. You know what? Dalton Capital's doing what everyone, every American was so mad at Haas for not doing. 
And that is spending money. Well, no, giving the American drivers a shot. Yes. I mean, how many people, I mean, like you heard Connor Daly come out and just basically trash Haas for not, I mean, I, you know, I'm 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 torn on that. Um, you know, there's there's no there's no love for empathy or there's there's no room for nostalgia in Formula One. You go with what you got, you know, and and you know, absolutely, business says you took Schumacher. You don't take an American. And and Williams does. They are in the right spot. In other words, yeah, clearly at the back to be able to take a chance like this. Well, they but, have American investors, and they do have an American American investors. They, the difference is Haas is an American owner and, uh, who is, has run successful NASCAR teams forever. Right. So, uh, who was In to other words, that's how I'm explaining it. Yeah, it would be lovely to have an American driver, and yeah. I'd like to see it be Pietro. I can't wait right. to see who Chris Medlin gets when he gets up. You know, he's, I'm sure he's getting his mic and everything connected and everything right now. I can't wait to see who he gets for us. So he's got to he's got to palm off. He's got to give a check to Pirelli first. <laughs> now he's got good connection. He does not have to hover around the Pirelli building. Lily called from AT and T. She said, "If we needed help, there's some deals to be had." <laughs> I thought that was one of y'all's phone for a minute. I mean, what's happening? Mm, talk to Sarah down at Mount Pilot. <laughs> Okay, you're showing your age there, Les. There you go. And I am too by knowing exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Hey, look at Ocon. We talked about how he sat there at fit. And Ricardo, Alpine car is fast. Yeah, I, I was about to say, if, if things don't go one, wrong one weekend, they could have a really stellar weekend. Yeah, I can't wait to see And the by the standings. way, they're going to France. Uh, that's right. So, uh-huh, right they French, are. French team. They are going to France. Uh, let's see what else besides the. Um, I mean, I didn't really get to see. I was frantically tweeting and taking notes. What about Alonzo's race, guys? Did what do you? Th- I mean, did we get enough camera time on it? Um, it was a good race because he stayed out for so long on the hard tires. And remember, he started right at the very back. Um, I mean, both when you think about it, was what was going on pre-race with both Alonzo and Hamilton was sensational. Given Hamilton made the podium and Alonzo made it all the way through. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'd like to, I'd like to have spent on board with Alonso as he carved his way through, because yes. I bet that would have been exciting. You can go back and do that you on can. F1 TV or whatever. Yes, yeah. you can. Or ESPN. No, you can't get the drivers, uh, individual on ESPN TV, but you can right. on the F1 Pro, you can. Yeah. 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 Uh, but what about all the track limits? That was another major part of this, this race. I, well, I said it would be, wouldn't I? Yeah, uh, you did, I? actually. And, and, you called that. And by the way, an answer to one question on Twitter, when Hamilton got the message that he had a lap deleted, what does that mean in a race? Because we all looked at each other quizzically. And that was uh, and William. The, and the answer is that, that effectively that's a warning. So that lap uh, is a warning. So you have had that lap deleted and therefore two more and you will get a five-second penalty, of which three drivers did. Yeah, good question, William Ricker, because we all said, no, that's not. And then we second-guessed ourselves and had, kind of had to rethink through that. Yeah. But, but that's that's exactly right. You know, mm-hmm. I bet if that had been a fastest lap, I bet that would have impacted that. Well, and, and yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, yeah. that's the other side of that rule, yes. which is if, if that was the fastest lap, he would not have got the point. Yeah. Because it was deleted. There you go. And that's the why it's defined that way. Well, you know, I mean, there were so many. So talk about deleted laps. I'm disappointed in the uh, in the race director's call back in qualifying and in the practices with Perez getting his you know laps deleted that got him into Q3. He shouldn't have been there. And then you know there was a mix mash of things that just set that up. I just felt like Perez just flat had a bad weekend this weekend, and well, uh, and I, not all of it was his fault. Yeah, I, look. They made a mistake on on leaving it too long to announce that. 
that, right. that was a mistake by the race direction. But frankly, I've got no sympathy. The track's the track. The limits are the limits. If it was Monaco and he hit the wall, you wouldn't care. You'd say, oh, he hit the wall. The limits are the limits. You've got to have track limits. Otherwise, you know, we've seen it at Coda. You don't um, put the track limits in, and they're all over. They're off. They're off the bus. Yeah, prop. and I'm totally with you <laughs> on track limits. They are what they are. We're going to uh, take a pause here, and when we come back, we'll continue. Our, we'll continue our coverage of breaking down the Formula One Austrian Grand Prix. Listen to Speed City F1 back after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box and others. Austin based with shops in California, Georgia and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right. Well, we've got Chris on the grid. Chris, uh, quiet for the moment. Or on the on the paddock, actually, probably is where he's at. <laughs> so loitering near Toto Wolf to see if he'll have a word uh, after what turned out to be a fairly decent day for Mercedes, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Didn't I look mean, that competitive, but third and fourth, I think they outscored both Red Bull and Ferrari, technically. So um, yeah, good point. Yeah, could have been worse. I mean, how Mercedes just been hanging in there all season long. You know, they've... The Constructors' Championship, we're waiting on those points to get updated, but they've been there all season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's the consistency that even when a race looks like it's going badly yeah. for Mercedes, they pick up good results. That's the impressive part. 
Chris, it's good to see that the Austrian fans are, are just the same as they were when I started going there about 20 years ago. They're, 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 they don't care what kind of Rolex they get. They just want Rolexes, right? <laughs> I, think, I think it's more the Dutch fans. But yeah, they were ripping up the advertising boards when they got let onto the track. They all came from halfway up the straight towards turn three. So they got to sort of run down from there and do sort of turn one backwards. And then when they got to uh, the pit straight, they were all taking the Rolex signs off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I'm looking at updated constructor championships points here because it's got Red Bull at 359 and Ferrari at 303. That's updated, isn't it, Chris? That sounds right. Yeah, sounds sounds about right to me. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, that they sound okay. like that's a bit of a change from before. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, okay, and again, Mercedes hanging in there, just kind of hovering it right below that at 237 and McLaren 81, Alpine 81, Alfa Romeo 34, Haas 34. Ah, I hope these are the latest ones. Yeah, Schumacher has gone up to 12 points. Okay, now, good. So that good. makes sense. Yeah, so what about drivers? He's actually three behind the four-time world champion there. Ah, uh, there you go. What about the uh, the drivers, Jonathan? So uh, it's now Verstappen, uh, excuse me, 208. Leclerc, 170. So definitely within touching distance. That that win was huge for him. Sergio Pierre, uh, Perez, uh, 151. So only less than 20 points behind his teammate. And then Carlos Sainz on 133. Uh, and then George Russell, 128. So And Lewis, by the way, six on 109. So it drops then by about 50 points. So... You can look at the top six and say all of them for the second half of the year, including Hamilton, have at least a run at the top three. Guess who's at number 15? Mick Schumacher. I know, I just said. And look oh, how many sorry. points he's behind. Yeah. Oh, look at Vettel. that. One point. Wow. No, no, no. He's, he's, he's uh, three, oh, three points, three three points, points behind Vettel. <laughs> hey, Chris, did you see that uh, Mick Schumacher, driver of the day, voted? Oh, rightly so. A great drive from him. I, uh, I saw him walking the wrong way just now, so I'm going to see if I can um, go and chase Hartson a little bit. But uh, Total Wolf is just chatting to some guests who uh, admittedly are far more important than I am because they probably put some form of money into his <laughs> team. So I'm not going to interrupt that chat right now. And, um, and I might actually head down towards us because, yeah, that was a great day from them. Um, I don't like to blow my own trumpet too much, but I did say on the pre-race preview for F1.com that we're going to get another installment of Max versus Charles, which we got three times, uh, and that Haas were chasing double points again, which they got. Yes. There you go. You so it's it. a bad line. We can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Chris, they did the same thing to me when I got two predictions for the podium right. <laughs> hey, Chris, what's your take on Ferrari uh, without the signs blow up? Um, you know, four Ferrari engines and no question Ferrari with Leclerc were the fastest team out there today. Is this a turning point? Uh, I don't know if it's a turning point because we have seen at times where they've had that kind of pace and what happened with science is what happens. You know, I mean, Leclerc should have won in Baku. He should have won in Monaco. He should have won in Barcelona. Two of those three sure. were engine sure. problems that took him out. So I think it's it's a continuation of yeah. some of the form they've had. They genuinely could have won, like, the last six races if they'd have hooked it all up. Yeah, true. Um, I'm not saying easily would have done it, but they could have done it. And mm. uh, they finally got it right today. And, well, and obviously, last time out with science, they, they got the win as well. So back-to-back -back wins. Yeah. And let's not forget, this is the first win for Leclerc this season that he since didn't start April. on pole. And since April in well, yeah, Australia. Right. Yeah, yeah. But the, the, you know, he's had to be on pole to win. It's it's really kind of a weird stat, but I'm glad he broke that because that's going to make it a little more interesting. But um, anybody, is any uh, any break in Toto's conversation over there, Chris? No, it, I, I've had it down towards Ferrari now, actually. Mattia Bonotto is absolutely swamped, but it's weird. I think he's, he's probably more happy now than he would have been kind of last week because yeah. that raw pace was really good. Uh, you know, it wasn't a rebel issue that, that gave them the win. 
Um, but the downside is they did have the sites blow out. Um, so like, you know, it's bittersweet, but I think it's the, the pace will be the, the most encouraging thing for them. But uh, he's also being swamped right now. So I'm just going to keep dancing my way through different guests and uh, find someone who does want to talk to us about how their race went. We were just going through before you got on talking. Uh, we were talking about that huge fire that Signs had. I mean, that was actually pretty scary looking. It was a pretty significant fire and the car with the car rolling like that, too. Um, yeah, that was. But don't forget, I mean, th- I think the problem was it was not in gear so it could roll yeah. so carlos was like well i can't jump out it's gonna go backwards but then if you're a fire marshal you can't just stop it from behind because it's on fire so yeah, it was a very right. awkward situation and i th- yeah. think i'm right in saying that carlos turned the wheel left uh when he jumped out so that it rolled backwards and stopped against the barrier uh and that kind of stopped it being a much bigger issue yep i think you're absolutely right uh scary moment um when those flames started pouring out i was like oh my word you know because he was still stuck there and i just thought ooh. Get out, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my favorite yeah, was... passes of this race was lap 12 when Leclerc passed Max. Yeah. And, and kind of, was Max sleeping there or not? But the, the car, could, that late-breaking control that Leclerc had, that that was fantastic. No, there was some really there. nice work done on, on that overtaking. I, I think Max was slightly off. You think so? You think he was... I think he was slightly off. But still, Leclerc was, was there. And no matter what, it, it was really... Yeah, you know, he was on his toes to capitalize on that against Max. So either way, good call. One of my favorites was when both Schumacher and uh, Magnus were able to pass. Who was it? Stroll, Stroll. Mm-hmm. with DRS on that. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was excellent. That was excellent. And I think that's two races in a row. We've seen some really, really good fighting. How about Alonso's move up the field? I would like to have seen that on on board. Yeah, he kind of did it a little bit more through strategy um, with uh, starting at the back and trying to run long. Mm-hmm. But then it did come to him a bit and he had some good moves. Certainly at the end, I would have liked to see. He fought through, but he's under investigation because he uh, there's potentially, as Carl's released in an unsafe condition from his last pit stop. So we'll wait and see what the outcome is of that. Because if he loses 10th place in that final point, it'll be Bottas that finished his 10th. Just as Bob said, to keep an eye on Alonso and Bottas coming through the field. Hey, you know what? We were talking about Andrew... The last name that you said a while ago, the co- the guy on YouTube, Popale. Guess who that is? Tell me. That's Andy P. Ah, oh, Popale. We should. I was going. Why did that? His photo looks familiar, and I was like, "That's Andy P." No okay, wonder. no wonder. No wonder he's so brilliant. It's Andy P. Totally. <laughs> I'm like, he's happy because he's got McLaren points. <laughs> uh, let's see. We saw a 2.4 second pit stop. I think that's about as fast. That was oh, from man, uh, Leclerc. Yeah, I can't. Claim Not my, Red Bull, which. No. The, but that's been about as fast as we've seen all I, season. I can't open my eyes in the morning that fast. Well, <laughs> Hamilton got a pit stop over three seconds. Over it's four seconds, actually. He yeah, had, actually, he had a yeah, and then another one. one. Yeah, and then another one at higher. Yeah. What's going on in Mercedes pit stops with this? Yeah, that's kind of un-Mercedes-like, isn't it? Yeah. I bet there's some discussions going on around that. Hey, Chris, what about all of the uh, track limits today? What did you think about all that? It was a lot going on there. Yeah, they'd been warned about it yesterday, and we saw it in a number of other categories as well, that drivers were getting these warnings. I think part of it comes down to, we, I think last year, if I remember correctly, early in the race, they push hard, high fuel, heavy cars, wallowing around a little bit more, and they're trying to race, and they just push those limits a bit too far, and then they start to rein themselves in. But I was surprised at how many drivers didn't rein themselves in quickly enough today. Maybe it's just because they were battling more closely. Um, you know, maybe there was just a bit more in the race to be had but um there was quite a few penalties in the end warnings turning into five second time penalties uh pierre gazzi just walked past me with um, a face like thunder he's had a fast well, alpha tarry had a terrible day um and he got a penalty for uh 
contact, didn't he? And then he had a con- the penalty as well for running wide at turn 10, I believe. It was the last time he did it. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's a sign that these drivers just need to do need to rein it in a bit. I, I'm I'm actually okay with there being a lot of penalties. You tell them they're the rules, apply them. They'll exactly. learn quickly. Yeah, enough. I'm with yeah. you, Chris. <laughs> the un- yeah, and, and we mentioned earlier, the only one that I had issue with is they didn't call it on Perez yesterday and, and you know, or through the qualifying, and that impacted who would be in the uh, Q3. Ah, uh, yeah. And so that that was really my only issue. I'm totally fine with calling track limits. That's why they're there. Mm. Uh, and Vettel did back, he spun and backed onto the track again, just like he did yesterday in the sprint race. He backed out on the track. You were saying, Les, it may have been momentum. But- yeah, it, it was debatable. I mean, he definitely had control enough to steer and aim his tail back onto the track. But, yeah, that was one of the things that, uh, you know, I could I could have seen somebody argue that that was unsafe reentry to the track uh, because he definitely was in control. Uh, cool. Uh, interesting comments on, uh, on YouTube. A um, couple of them. One of them was, Dixon says, I think they should have put out a full safety car for signs engine failure. Um, it was offline. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know it's I mean? the track. I think they tend to do a full safety car if you need to bring marshals or equipment onto the track itself. And seeing as he was off track, okay. that's why it would have been VST. And yeah. it was very near a marshal post, wasn't it? Yes. They could wheel it off or crane it off very quickly. Yeah. And <laughs> Paul Bryan. Paul Bryan cracks him up every he always, he always has he's, something funny. Remember what I said? Can I say wankers? He said, no, you may not use wankers on a broadcast. Please use plunkers. There you go. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks from Brilliant. your FCC, FCC friends. Yes, there you go. He's absolutely correct on that one. <laughs> uh, it is well, great. By the though. way, guys, we were talking penalties. I don't know if we picked up this during the um, like already during the broadcast before I joined, but um, I warned everyone about it before the race. But Logan Sargent did win the Formula Two race. I know uh, hey. the, the penalties were applied, so he ended up as another race winner, back-to-back feature race wins for him, Chris, and he's second were... in the championship. That's right. Sorry, Chris, but Dixon yeah, Smith. Yeah, thirty-nine on, points is the gap. Yeah, yeah, Chris. We're just talking about how exciting it is to get these American drivers, you know, with Logan Sargent and Jack Crawford winning in F three. Man, this is this is it's nice timing with uh, with Netflix and the momentum we've got, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And you know, you've got to capitalize on it, but the drivers have to do the job, and yeah. that's the main thing. I mean, I, I think everyone has said that it'd be great to have an American driver reach F one, but they've got to get their own merit and. Right now, um, Logan's starting to make that case, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up after this, we are going to talk a little bit more about Jack Crawford because Jonathan has a story about Jack Crawford's dad and Indy Lights. We've got to touch on this just because. Yeah. So, all right. You're listening to Speed City back after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hey guys, we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, Allstop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer, and I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it, but I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no... Uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why, what makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah, I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, I tell you, this Allstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because, You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Hi, guys. This is Greg Astley, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. Uh, Gasly sounded downbeat in that. <laughs> yeah, and that was two years ago. All right, we got Chris Medlin. He's chasing Christian Horner, I think, Chris. I am indeed, yeah. I'm, I'm lingering. I'm doing that really annoying thing that reporters do when they yeah. linger with an, with an eye shot of someone who's already speaking to someone, already doing an interview. But yeah, I'm going to grab Christian in a sec and find out um, just kind of what happened for their pace today. Um, and see if we can get a reason for Checo's retirement, because I know he was kind of out of the race, but you never know how things can come together. So um, just wait for a second, see if we can grab him. Yeah, so Christian Horner had also commented this week, uh, we haven't mentioned it, but the budget cap salary, or the budget went up by 3%. That's right, 3.1. Yeah, yeah. Uh, relative to the supply chain issues, increased cost, all those kind of things. And he's actually challenging it that that was not enough. We need a little bit more to uh, to offset that increase. Mm. And so, yeah, uh, indeed. Well, one thing that Christian would have probably hoped for more from today was the race result. Christian, what happened to the race pace today? Because I think a lot of people had you down as favourites. Yeah, it was frustrating. I mean, after a good start and good, you know, opening few laps, uh, you could see we were just in a bit more degradation issues than uh, than, than Ferrari. And and 
particularly that first stint was the one that did the damage because then you're you had a sequence um, as we converted to a two-stop Ferrari were able to easily cover. Um, you know, we came back into play at the end of the race. Uh, and Max, you know, had great pace at the end of the race, but, you know, obviously the damage had been done by then. So, uh, uh, you know, it was good. it was still good to, to finish in P2, a competitive P2, fastest lap. So, you know, we've actually reduced the damage to only five points over the course of the weekend. So, uh, uh, yeah, but uh, plenty of information to look at after after today yes yeah, certainly not disaster that the final result but why was that that you had to switch to a two-stop then was was the one stop the original target just just degradation i think that you know we were just harder on the tire today than we expected to be and i think that uh as i say we need to understand what's what's caused that there's a lot of rain overnight as well that could have uh, washed away some of the rubber but sadly we didn't get to see checo's pace either was that all down to damage picked up in that collision yeah he had a huge amount of floor damage and uh you know it was two seconds down so it didn't make any sense to go any further. And, uh, you know, it was frustrating, uh, you know, for Checo going around the outside of a Mercedes at turn four has not been particularly successful for us the last couple of years. So, um, but, you know, a great shame for him to lose all that, uh, you know, the opportunity to score big points today. Yeah, especially after the recovery from yesterday. But just where do you see yourselves right now against Ferrari then? Because there's been a number of races where Ferrari got it together, as they didn't today with Carlos either. They could well have won as well. So how do you see the championship battle and the balance of it right now? We were only at the halfway point, so it's a long, long way to go, and uh, plenty of things can happen. You know, we've seen that already in this championship. So, you know, we just keep uh, keep our heads down, keep pushing, and trying to do the best job we can. Well, we'll see how that goes in France in a couple of weeks. Christian, thanks for your time. Great stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Interesting uh, explanation there. And we really are starting to see from Christian and uh, the insights that Chris is giving us um, how this is starting to bubble up nicely as yeah. a real championship chase and very different than last year with so much more uh, factors, if you will. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, don't forget as well, there's times that Mercedes is a factor, um, which is something we never yeah, really saw yeah. in terms of three teams being a factor last year. Today, they weren't. But at the same time, they still score plenty of points. You know, if it ever does click, I don't think it will now. I think there's just been too many races where they're too far off. But if it ever does properly click, they're not that far off. That's right. So well, I can see Russell and Morgan Hamilton be, both scoring wins. Well, and I'd say Paul Ricard next up would be one that they could well yeah, do it. Yeah. That's going to be a track that suits them. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's another spanner in the works. And I'll tell you, in, in a sense, just a sense, but in a sense, they got lucky today, Ripple, because Carlos would have passed. Yeah. Uh, they would definitely have passed Max, I think. I'm going to try and do. We got, we got biffed off last time. Uh, there we go. Zach Brown is here. And Zach, double points from your guys. That's a good return, isn't it? Yeah, it was a decent day, especially given where we uh, qualified for the sprint race. So I think we kind of crept our way up over the weekend. So next time we need to have a better qualifying. Yeah, but it, what was good to see was both drivers being competitive. Daniel looked like he, he fought through well today. Yeah, Daniel drove really well. So that was uh, that was good to get both cars in the points. It's been a while, I think, since we've, been, we've done that. So we need more of those weekends. And what do you think will come from Paul Ricard? Because you you're strong in places in Silverstone. You think you'll be strong at Paul Ricard? Uh, I think we'll be good in Paul Ricard. But maybe I just jinxed it now that I said it. <laughs> it's all right. It's not on record or anything. Yeah, exactly. Well, Zach, thank you. Well done today. Cheers. Uh, yeah, double points to McLaren, and he's smiling this time. So you could tell he was a bit nervous before the race. He didn't want to put any predictions down or talk to us. He let the, the, rate, the uh, team principal do that. But then, uh, yeah, after today, I think there's a bit of a sigh of relief from McLaren because, as we said, pre-race, they hadn't shown their full hand, but they just had a scrappy weekend up to then. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Well, you're on a roll, Chris. You've got ha half of the team managers so far. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who else I can bump into and annoy. Matia Bonotto's still out, unsurprisingly, because they've won a race. Huh. Uh, let's see if we can try and annoy him. 
but yeah, he's, he seems fairly happy. The problem is he eventually just runs out of time and disappears. So we'll see. We'll try and catch you. I have his uh, press officer, the lovely Sylvia, who will let me know if there's any scope or not. While you're doing that, Chris, um, yeah, I just got a little bit of breaking news. It looks like the Vegas race, it's a, well, it's not full on. It's now saying it's expected to be November 18th. That's Adam Stern. So, <laughs> breaking so, news. Uh, Happening now. One, that's one week before Thanksgiving. Have you heard any, any news, Chris, about Vegas? That sounds about right. It's definitely going to be November. Yeah. And I was also told it might not be Thanksgiving weekend as everyone had jumped on originally. So, uh, yeah, yeah it makes never, sense. We never Good. said it was definitely going to be then. So, um, you know, they don't need the boost that weekend, do they? And that's when people tend to stay at home. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, they said that uh, a different weekend would have been it. So that that would tally. My prediction would be Cota, Mexico, Vegas. Oh, I think so. Yep. Oh, that would be fun, wouldn't it? I tell you, as, a, as a Brit, who'd have to come and travel for that? Yeah, yeah I, I think I, you have to. I won't complain. <laughs> there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll get our blow-up mattress ready for you. <laughs> what's Bonotto <laughs> doing right now? What's, what's happening? Uh, so he's got a line of Italian media um, who are all trying to speak to him because obviously the Italian press like to well, put At pressure once. on Ferrari, don't they, when they don't do well. But yeah. they win, they want to champion it. So uh, he's just speaking to all of those. I know one thing I wanted to talk about. Daniel Ricardo's new TV show for Hulu. Daniel Ricardo, yeah, teaming up with Disney that owns Hulu. And he's going to do a, an, an F1 series uh, basically, uh, you know, as I understand it from a couple of different sources, it's somewhat uh, factual based, but definitely elaborated. <laughs> so don't don't take it as gospel. Embellished. It, yeah, yeah. It's you know, like uh, they'll use situations that have occurred previously in Formula One as kind of some of the filler or some of the topics in it. I mean, so he like, says it. He says it's a fictional series. He says that. So, yeah. I mean, it, and so it ought to be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm curious to see what he does with it. Uh, should be interesting. And and I'm glad that somebody, you know, here's another series of a legitimate person from the sport mm-hmm. doing it. You know, and, and I appreciate, you know, what Ron Howard did back in the Rush days that uh, he came in and at least he got in the middle of it and learned it and engaged the right people. He didn't just throw out a... No. Nah. Something. No, he did it right. That was his perception. By the way, Bjorn, sorry to jump in, chaps, but I've go also just pulled um, Otmar Zafnauer down from the Alpine Motome to ask about how your day went, at, uh, Otmar. I mean, Esteban had a very, very good drive, some solid points. Yeah, yeah, really good. And, and so did uh, Fernando. I mean, Esteban did put a foot wrong, had a great race, good pit stop. And uh, Fernando, too, starting from 18th and, uh, or sorry, 19th even, uh, and finishing in the point. So good drive by both of them. And can I ask what happened with the pit stop that's led to the investigation into Fernando? Because we didn't see anything uh, up in the media center. You know, he, he came in for a, a set of new mediums. And uh, when he went out, he said he felt the vibration. So because it was a virtual safety car, we thought, well, you don't lose much by coming in again. You lose about half the time. So because of the vibration, um, you know, if, if you have a bad vibration, it can have a big Im- impact on performance. So we thought we'd bring him in, have a look around and, um, once he was coming in, we had another new set of, uh, inter- uh, sorry, a new set of mediums. So we thought, well, we'll just change the new set of mediums, have a good look around, and we set them out again. And I imagine you won't tell me until after that investigation is complete whether that wheel was loose or not. Oh, the wheel wasn't loose. Uh, our mechanisms now are such that uh, the wheel cannot be loose. So uh, once the wheel's on and the nut's done up, it can't come off. But, you know, that's a, a recent 
invention and uh, you know something we worked hard on over the winter. Well, confident then there'll be no penalty because you've had a few this season where Fernando's been penalised, haven't you? Yeah, for, Fernando has had a few. I'm confident. Uh, I mean, it wasn't unsafe, so the penalties for unsafe release and the car was always safe. And how do you just reflect on this weekend then, the, the points you've scored? I mean, Esteban's good score yesterday too. Uh, Fernando, like you say, a good recovery after a disappointing sprint. And I guess you've outscored McLaren just? Uh, you mean total total or this weekend? This weekend. Oh, this weekend we outscored him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three points yesterday and uh, some more today. I think uh, we outscored him by six points this weekend. So pretty good. And on to France next. Team's home race can be a busy one. How do you think you'll go there? Yeah, we, we should be good in France. Yeah, especially home race. You know, everyone's buoyant about uh, having a home race. So hopefully a, 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 a home home race advantage. Oh, good luck with that. We'll see if it comes off. Omar, thanks for your time. Ah, nice. No, Fantastic. That's excellent. Jonathan, you got a text um, from a world... Ch- oh, wait, you got something else, Chris? Sorry, no, I was just, I'm just having a, an absolute row with... Uh, one of the press officers from Alpine. Uh, I got on pretty well with him. And he's just saying I should have waited. Jonathan, you got to tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll name and shame him. It was it was James Lloyd from Alpine. He wanted, even though he's now live on American radio. Uh, James, I'm sorry. That's why we couldn't wait. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, see you soon. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> a man of few words. We met James, we met James <laughs> in Miami. We met him down there. He's a good kid. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan got a text from a world champion, Chris. Yeah, nice to have uh, a legend of MotoGP uh, text in. Great race, even better pre and post show on Speed City 34. 34? Very nice. Hey, Chris, I got a serious question for you. It's all gone quiet on the Andrade front. Uh, Why? Yeah, good question. Uh, I think there's been no real movement. I think Andretti have uh, sat out their stall and said, look, this is what we are, what we're about. We want in. Can we come in? And Formula One has stood pretty firm and said that we're not accepting your entries right now. The FIA have said the same. Um, you know, you'd have to make an absolutely massively compelling case. And I think Formula One sees it that they're happy with 10 teams. They're happy with the way they've come through the pandemic. They want things to settle down. Uh, and I honestly think that Andretti rubbed up Formula One the wrong way and said, you know, you came out publicly uh, shouting that you wanted to be on the grid, which I personally, uh, from my personal view, think they should be. I think it'd be great for the sport. But I do accept the view as well that just because someone puts their hand up and says, we want in, doesn't mean they should then be allowed in. So uh, I think Formula One weren't happy with having to play this kind of I guess, fight in the media um, that to kind of defend themselves and explain why that they're not ready for another team right now or don't want another team right now. So uh, I just think it's kind of a bit of a stalemate and gone a bit quiet. And some of the other teams have kind of said similar and obviously, they'd have to give up a slice of the pie. F1 don't want to do that themselves. Teams don't want to give up any money. So it's um yeah, it's a bit of a yeah, a bit of a standoff right now. So I, I don't think we're going to hear any movement on that for a while. I think if anything, it's going to need to go quiet. Everyone's going to need to calm down a bit. And Andretti, you're going to need to come again and show. Look, we're not going anywhere. We're serious. We've got everything in place. What can we do? Yeah, a couple of thoughts that come to mind, Chris. I completely agree with all that. I. I mean, number one, I'm sure Andretti is not used to hearing no ever. Um, and I think that, I think you're right. Even as even a big as name as Andretti and as much as we all know they're going to bring to the sport, the sport is going through this massive growth we're talking about. I mean, look at the rumored numbers for ESPN. The rights for television have gone from, mm. uh, what, 5, five, million, five to million to 90. To 90. Million. I mean, and the, the talk about now. Yeah. Uh, per year, that's right. For three years. And by the way, I looked at NFL numbers, and they're pretty dramatically. They they start with a B instead of an M. So, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but but also the fact that um, I mean, yes, it's Andretti, and yes, we know, but. Uh, the 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 teams the franchises now as they call them never called them that before they're all so valuable so that 230 million is not enough anymore it's just probably not enough so there's a lot more to this although i still think that andretti would absolutely raise the entire lift the whole thing up i just don't know if you had said this three four years ago it would have been a no-brainer they could have doubled the the uh, audience in the united states i just don't think that could happen now what were you gonna say less i was hoping chris recalls this detail but in the 21 concord agreement wasn't there an allowance that would allow two more teams mm-hmm. to join yes but that doesn't and mean the they 21 will concord i'm not sure if they actually did have that number they had a figure for any team that wanted to uh, which was 200 million dollars they had to pay to the other teams to come in uh it was 2020 we did this one uh summer 2020 the new concord okay. signed um but then no i think what happens is the fia open up a tender to say, right, we're, we're accepting new applications now for an F1 team. Um, so yeah, actually it, it might still be written in from previous um, agreements that they could go up to 12, or maybe even 13, because we had 13 back in 2009, 2010 time. Um, but if they have said, when, you know, if the, if the FIA haven't come out and said, we're accepting your entries right now, um, then yeah, it doesn't matter how many teams shout that they want to come in, uh, not just Andretti, but anyone else, then they won't get to. Yeah, that 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 to me is, you know, use Jonathan's words, petulant. Mm-hmm. You know what? If if the grid is set to take two more teams in, and you've got Andretti or anybody else that got the, the money. money and the creds to to be there, why would you not let well, them be there? Yeah, well, in the race um, website, the snobbish attitude of existing Formula One teams towards the Andretti project shows that it's still quote a European club that sees others as a threat according to michael andretti so that's he's not helping his cause by having a go at them but i also know it, I see his point uh what's going on around you chris uh a lot of clearing up right now actually it's uh finally thinning out which is why i can move around a bit more freely and not lose like my hair signal because i think all the fans have started to leave having flooded the track earlier um but yeah it's starting to quieten down a little bit carlos Sainz is just chatting to roberto Meri, who's um, oh, yes. People might remember the Spanish driver who raced in Formula One briefly with, with Manor. Sending my uh, regard, regards, good mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, Roberto is, um, he was racing this weekend for Campos in Formula Two. Good boy. Uh, so he was one of those who was kind of, he was unfortunate actually. He would have finished on the podium uh, in today's race, but got a five second time penalty. So that's the reason, one of the reasons that Logan then finished fourth on the road, but was on the podium and then slowly moved up to end up as the winner. Um, but yeah, very impressive comeback, actually, for Mary to, uh, to perform that quickly. He filled in at Campos for Ralph Boschong. Um, and you know, it's been a while since Mary's driven a mm. Formula 2 car. It's been even longer since he's driven an F1 car. Seven years ago, he was racing an F1. Huh. So um, yeah, he's just here catching up with people. And it was Carlos he was talking to, but Carlos has now run off to debrief, I believe, to probably find out exactly what went bang in the back of his car. Jonathan, we promised we talk about this. We talked. We talked earlier about Jack Crawford mm. winning in FIF three. American lives in Houston, Texas. He's in Texas area now. Mm-hmm. And but his dad was talking about a, yeah, I just, Indy Lights team. Right? Yeah, I just noticed a headline. Uh, it, it, it's a story and a, a non-story, but it's a story because Tim Crawford, uh, Jack's dad, um, clearly a uh, go-getting businessman, um, was actually. Uh, about with Rick Gorn, who's well known in indie circles, um, was about to 
form his own Indy Lights team for next year, but uh, the supply demand of Dallara chassis and so on has put that back, but he still intends to do it and pick it up later in the year. Um, and so we and, and he's looking at making it a European entry way for, um, you know, to bring drivers over. So he's not getting in the way of Road to Indy. He's not trying to buy a team out. He's trying to bolster Indy Lights, which which is great news because it's had some fallow years of numbers uh, in the last few years. So a new Indy Lights team, a bit like Carlin did a couple of years ago, would be really, really good. Rick Gorn, uh, a bit, a bit, you know, the whole thing yeah. is a really good story. And potentially, if Jack doesn't get to where he wants to be, um, there's always an, an option for the 17-year-old there. Mm, yeah, that's true. But it's exciting. It's funny you should tell that story right now because I spoke to Tim Crawford earlier today. Uh, off the back of that, Zach, um, the chat, chat I did with Jack. Um, so he introduced himself and said he's a listener to the show, which is lovely to hear. Hey! Uh, nice. Although he probably isn't right now because I think he's probably somewhere near an airport trying to get home. But um, yeah, he says he goes out and rides his bike and listens to, listens to the show. So um, nice. Tim might well be like hearing Jolly's words there and being like, yep, that's what we're planning. Uh, yeah, but sadly, good. I didn't get well, on record. Yeah, on go that. for it. I, I mean, that is just good news all around for motorsport. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, NASCAR drivers. Ah, NASCAR drivers. Drum roll. Formula One. I'm, I'm not going to steal Les' Thunder because I know this no, no. is his story, but drum roll. <laughs> Two drivers at Watkins Glen. One is Kimi Räikkönen, the other. Oh, Daniel Kvyat. Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's Daniel right. Kvyat. You saw, you got that from the horse's that's mouth right. last year, right? So yeah, uh, speaking to him, he actually, you know, right after the Coda race, headed to Charlotte uh, to try to negotiate and get a seat in it. Sounds like he was successful. He's a brave man, isn't he? A Russian well, in NASCAR. Go for it, son. <laughs> and that's exactly what I said. And I said, you know, I'm not sure how that's going to be received. A Russian, you know, Russian driver coming to NASCAR. He's such he, a good guy, though. He I think, yeah, he's one. He truly is one of those really friendly guys in the paddock. And he goes, "I've got tough skin." I said, "Well, good deal." But our second NASCAR news. Go on. Chicago has approved to hold a NASCAR race on the streets of Chicago. On the streets, Windy ah. City. Wow. Here we come. That is astounding to me. My kind of town. <laughs> I'll I'll go to Chicago for that. <laughs> yeah. I would love to do that. Mike, yeah. producer, could you do something about his microphone when he's singing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Um, we're going to pause here, the action, and when we come back, we'll see who else Chris can grab in the dwindling paddock in Austria. And we got a couple more stories for you, so stick with us back after this. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One in Indy begins, it's three simple letters. VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at velocity underscore RD. Hi, this is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. 
Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, well, we were talking about Andretti deal. Um, looks like the new SPN deal is even closer, Jonathan, to getting yep. finalized. Uh, well, you, we, you've already talked about it, but yes. Uh, as you know, uh, ESPN went up against Netflix and Amazon and NBC, who had the rights before. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but ESPN, um, although they're taking Sky coverage, they're getting big numbers. And I think the app is really selling it because you can get F2, you can get F3, uh, you can get all the shows that F1 produce. It's a great home um, if you want to catch up with Formula One and you can't do it live necessarily. Um, ESPN's app is really, really good. And plus, they've got ESPN1, ESPN2, and for the American side of it, they've got ABC. Um, well, why don't we, you know, you're, we're reading this story off of race com some guy named Chris Medlin wrote it. Yes. Why don't we ask him? <laughs> Chris, what what about the uh, some some guy Sports Center style shows? That'd be cool. Uh yeah, so I mean they're going to look at what else they can do around it. They're certainly thinking that the the western hemisphere races, you know, the American time zone races, they're going to go big on um with uh, a bigger crew. They had Sports Center live hits from Miami. Uh, they had Martin McGee down in Miami as well doing shows like that. So they're going to do stuff around some of the bigger races. And I think it's one that might be a kind of a there's a grower over the three years um, and they'll take it from um, I, you know, just slowly expanding what they did this year and kind of doing it across a few more races next year and then look at maybe subsidizing it with some digital uh, content around that too so um, yeah it's not it's not signed yet I've had that from both sides it's not signed but it's it seems to be just a case of kind of finalizing contracts and and announcement timings and things like that hey Chris so, um, I, I get to interrupt yeah, you this, done. I get to interrupt you this time because Jonathan has a friend on the phone <laughs> yes, Ooh. it's Call a world friend? champion, I think. Is it Kevin? Yes, it is. Hey, buddy! Hey, <laughs> Kevin Schwantz. Where are you in tank today? <laughs> Actually, I'm just getting onto the interstate in Colorado, headed back to Texas. It's just me. I've been dirt bike riding with some buddies up in Crested Butte for the week. You, you could be oh, pretty handy man. on a dirt bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I got to listen. I, got, I left, uh, left Crested Butte at 6 this morning, so just as the race was about to start. It was, uh, it was interesting listening to a, a Formula One race. And, I mean, not being able to watch it on TV, but just listen to it and, uh, and hear so much passing at the front, you know, back and forth and who was leading and uh, you know, how, how well the Ferrari managed, the, the one that survived anyway, managed to uh, control, just control the race once he got past Verstappen in the beginning. Yeah, no, well, quick. feeling terrible for interrupting Kevin Schwantz, but does he want to ask a question to Steiner? Because I've got him right in front of me, and he's waiting <laughs> for me to ask him a question. So, <laughs> Go so if Kevin can hear me, what would he ask Gunther Steiner? Who, who is it? It's Gunther Steiner. Team, team manager of Haas. Yeah, do you got a question for him? No, I, um, yeah, congratulations. Both both cars in the points. It's Schumacher kids coming around, didn't he? There you go. Well, I'll put it that yeah, way no, to him then. No, uh, good to, no, real, no real question, that though. Schumacher kid's coming around, isn't he? Yeah, it looks like. I mean, the last two races were very good. They were very good for the team. They were very good for Mick, you know. So he had, uh, had uh, uh, three strong results because this weekend we had two races and he was strong yesterday fighting with Lewis. So, uh, yeah, uh, good for the team. Points for everybody. And I was going to say, was this one perfectly executed compared to the way yesterday went? It looked like no dramas from the outside or is that an eye view? Was it tough on the pit wall? Uh, I don't think there was a drama yesterday. I think people made a drama out of it. We, we, we never had the drama, you know, so uh, it was from our side. It was pretty cool yesterday and it was good today. I mean, I think we, we always maximize uh, uh, the, 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 the points the team can make, you know. Uh, uh, we are here to make team uh, points for uh, Haas F1 team and uh, that's what we did yesterday and did today. But everybody did a, good, a, a great job. Well, that's three races in a row you scored points if we count Silverstone, the sprint and then this. 
double points in the two Grand Prix. Is there a reason why you've suddenly been able to execute with both cars? No, uh, I, I think we just, uh, as I said, either we made in the, the five races before little mistakes or big mistakes. Uh, uh, we, we were a little bit unlucky when the cars were in the points, we had uh, mechanical failures, you know. So, uh, you know, you make your own luck, but uh, on a good week, can we, we can execute. Obviously, the performance this weekend was good. I mean, in, in the performance in Silverstone in the race was good. In qualifying, when it rained, we were not, uh, we were not on the ball. But, but here, we, we, we qualified good, uh, we sprint race good, and we raced good. Yeah, and, and Kevin, again, scoring points as well. So just how confident are you for the rest of the season? How excited are you to have two drivers that are now delivering? Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited because uh, if we can score with two drivers, we, uh, we can march forward. Uh, uh, this weekend, uh, we went from being ninth in the championship uh, uh, to, to seven. So hopefully it continues and we keep on marching on like this. So that rate is going to be in the lead by, I think, the end of the Hungary weekend, maybe Spa. I was thinking by the end of 2029. No? <laughs> All right, well, hold you to that. Thanks very much for your time. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, if Kevin's Kevin, are you still on the line? Yes, sir. I, I just wondered what you thought. Uh, the generations continue. We've got a Duan on his way to Formula One, another arch rival of yours, and we've got a, a Remy Gardner in um, MotoGP. I mean, what's going on? Where's we need a Schwanz? <laughs> <laughs> I saw Mick doing it at Goodwood last weekend. Yeah, uh, yeah. I talked to him quite a bit about Jack, and he was off to a test in Imola, I think, in an F1 car on Wednesday or something. But yeah, how did he do in F2? Um, I didn't see. I didn't see where Jack finished in in F two, but he's right up there. I mean, he's doing. You know, he's yeah. getting. He's getting the results, and it's really impressive. And like, while we've got you, how about Joe Roberts, the other Rob, another? Yeah, he had kind of a rough start to the season, but he seems to be, you know, consistently finding his way to the front now. And a you know, little little summer break they're on right now, maybe uh, maybe just what he needs. So, yeah, Cameron Bobier not quite there yet. Sean Dylan Kelly, you know, starting to get closer to scoring points and and, and finally finally getting there, but. Uh, yeah, a couple of Americans in, in, in Moto2. That's good to see. And, you know, it's always good to see uh, an old nemesis of mine. Their son's doing well. Uh, Remy Gardner's, I, I think, um, you know, done a great job. Moto2 world champ. Uh, MotoGP's gotten, got, gotten in there with a good team and uh, just, just trying to continue to make headway. It's hard to work your way off the very back of that field. Uh, in the beginning, but uh, Remy's finding a way to do it pretty pretty consistently. I'm going to put the hurt on Schwartz now. He's on national radio, so sounds sounds like you've got a lot of knowledge about this MotoGP thing. I, th I think as a legend, you should start a podcast with us uh, and get going <laughs> and, and get it out there. Well, let's do it. Right. Where I'll be there. All right. We heard it first. All right. Well, hey, Kevin, thanks, buddy. We, we're out of time. Thanks for calling in. Good talking to you guys. See you, right, Thanks, first. Kevin. Chris, we got about a minute left or so. Any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I did this a few times, but this feels like another weirdly missed Ferrari opportunity. Like, Silverstone yeah. should have been a better result. There's been so many one-twos on the table for them this year. There was one again today. And for all the good that it's a Leclerc win, I, I felt really bad just watching Carlos Sainz just trying to catch up with some people and then disappearing into the debrief. Mm. And that would have taken points off Verstappen as well. They need them. So, yeah, yeah like, again, like it's, it's encouraging that there's, there's a championship fight on here. There's life in it. But... Ferrari do need to maximize their opportunities and not just do it with one car. What about you, Jonathan? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. We've got a lot of racing, you know, with France and Hungary coming up before that summit break. And I just feel that, you know, watch this space. Watch the points, both uh, drivers and manufacturers, as we head into the summer break. We, we, we're looking at a cracking year. We really are. And Haas are in the, and you know, are making points. Uh, Mick Schumacher's making points. And, you know, don't count out Alonso for a win, Russell for a win, Hamilton for a win, uh, as well as the regulars. Yeah. yeah Les Kaiser? 
Uh, the thing that I look is actually bigger than that. And as far as look at how tight the cars were racing today. Yeah. How many of Kevin them, said it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's really just changed, you know, the, the view of this. I love the idea of only giving a limited number of push to pass kind of situation. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Ciao, y'all. Goodbye. Farewell. Alvida said good night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.